Good morning. Welcome to All Souls Unitarian Universalist Church. Uh, here we have found that diversity of uh, understanding and path adds to the depth of our religious and worship experience. Uh, we welcome people who walk any path of spiritual uh, exploration as long as they care to worship with us. Whatever your age, race, origin, orientation, background, identity, ability, you're welcome here. There, uh, I hope, are blue cards in front of you in the pews, and if you would like more information, you're welcome to fill one of those out and put it in the offering basket as it comes around. Um, it also gives you a place to indicate if you would like to receive our newsletter. There is a lot going on in this season here. Uh, today is an intergenerational service. That means that the kids will be staying with us um, for the whole worship time, and they'll be sharing things with us. We've had our Christmas tree program going on, um, and I think we've fulfilled all of those. All of the names have been taken, and we're, ho- and we're expecting that they'll all be filled. Um, once a month, we have a newcomer information session, and we won't do that again until after the holidays, so... Um, but if you'd like to learn more about us, that's another way to do it. Also, there's someone standing at the table in the foyer. His name is Ron, and you can ask him questions after the service. Uh, do we have announcements other than the new member thing? And I didn't bring the book. I'll have to. Can I do it later in the service? I'll do this later in the service. Okay. I want to thank all of you that were at the Christmas party for actually coming to church the next day. This is not one of our strong suits. But the people that hosted are here, and if they can be here, so can everybody else. Uh, we have new faces to welcome. Uh, can, I, can I just point out Michael? Susie and Ford Stinson have just adopted a son from Columbia, and they just came back with Michael, what, maybe, how many weeks ago? I I can't hear you, but Thanksgiving Day, so it's been less than a month. And... uh, This is Michael's first time to church. We want to... Okay, want to encourage you to turn off or silence your cell phones and electronic devices. Do what? Okay. Um, after the service today, there's a party back in the social hall. It's our churchwide Christmas party. We'll be wrapping gifts uh, for the people whose names that we filled the wish list for. And ask the kids to stay and be part of that. We'll have is to the cookie swap. There's a cookie swap. I think there might be food, food. food. There may be food, food. Mm-hmm. There is definitely a cookie swap. 
So uh, everyone is invited to stay and celebrate the holiday spirit with us. The dark time has come. The earth, in her great dance around the sun, has come inevitably to the solstice. The time of extremes, of distance, of darkness and light. In our hemisphere, we experience this time as one of cold darkness, of shortening days and lengthening nights. The earth is tipping from our perspective further and further away from the sun. We wait, but the moment when the darkness is greatest is not entirely predictable. The spinning dance of the earth continues, but for one brief instant, when the axis of the earth's rotation crosses the line through the center of our orbit around the sun, the tipping stops, and for a moment we seem to stand suspended in space pulsing with potential movement and ongoing life. And then, like a child's top that almost fell over, we are saved by the spin and lifted up again towards the light. At this time of year, we look for the common threads of light, hope, and love that unite us in our celebrations. At this time, we have a very special part of our service, and I'll ask Ron Thurston and and our minister, Reverend Barbara Gerald, to come up. We have new members to sign our membership book today. This is the best part of being membership chair, (laughs) adding to the family. Uh, I'm going to call three names. We have three new people that are ready to sign the book, and if you'd please come forward, we will accomplish that with Barbara here. Uh, our new members are Nanette Vaughn, Vaughn, Judy Cantell, and Jennifer Etchison. I don't have it printed in the order of service, but for the offertory, I'd like to do uh, number 615, The Work of Christmas. And although it's not written as a responsive reading, I would like us to read it responsively, just by trading lines. When the song of angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, The work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among the brothers and sisters, to make music in the heart. Let us offer our gifts to this community that sustains us for the work of Christmas that is ours to do.
Before our time of prayer and meditation this morning, I offer you this reading um, by the Reverend Dr. Rebecca Parker, who is um, dual fellowshiped in the Unitarian Universalist Association and also the United Methodist Church. Um, A wonderful writer, if you haven't read anything of hers, Blessing the World. Um, She's got several books out there and a lot of things on her wonderful website. Just Google Dr. Rebecca Parker. You have to know your body as the home of God, and this is the purpose of Christmas. The rose blossoming in the wilderness is the unfolding of your pleasure as the fingers peel in orange and sweetness buds in the mouth. The bright star in the night sky is the sudden clarity of your instinct for joy. The birth cry in the night is your child falling into the dark and your arms holding her. The terror of Herod's murderous intent is your rage that would prefer death to change. The singing angel is your voice at church, not sure of the tune, but certain for a moment that there is glory. The animals breathing their warm breath in the fragile stable are your emotions, kneeling into the body of earth at ease in the presence of God. Mary is you. God in your body. Joseph is you, sheltering God in the world. This is the key to the mystery. The word become flesh. We are the dwelling place. Will you join me, please, in the spirit of prayer? Source and spirit of all life, God of our many understandings and beyond all understanding, We are thankful for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to love, and wise minds to learn ever deeper lessons from stories told to us again and again over the years. We are grateful for darkness and retreat when it is most needed, for hope and rebirth that will come, for the turning of this blessed earth that sustains us. Work through us that we might offer hope amid despair and truly do the work of Christmas as the light is born in us once again. We carry these thoughts with us as we enter the silence. Hello. Okay. That works a lot better than earlier. Once, a long, long time ago, before you were born, another baby was born. The story is that the baby's mother, Mary, and his father, Joseph, had to leave their home city of Nazareth and go on business to the town of Bethlehem. To go from Nazareth to Bethlehem, Joseph walked, but Mary, who was going to have a child soon, rode on a little donkey. They reached Bethlehem late in the evening and went to the inn to ask for a room for the night. But the town was crowded with people, and the innkeeper told them that there was no more room at the inn and that they would have to find another place to stay. At last, Mary and Joseph found shelter in a small barn with the animals. When the baby was born that night, Mary said, 
whose name will be Jesus. And she wrapped him warmly and laid him in a manger. There he went to sleep. That night there were shepherds in a field nearby looking after their sheep. And suddenly there was a bright light all about them, and an angel came to them. The shepherds were afraid, but the angel said, Fear not, for I bring you good news for all people. On this day there is born in Bethlehem a child, and you will find him wrapped, warmly wrapped and lying in a manger. And then there, there, and then there were not one angel, but many angels, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward all people. And the shepherds went to Bethlehem, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. There were also in that country three kings, who had seen a new star rise in the east, and had followed it. The star seemed to come to rest just above the barn where the family was staying, and then the three kings entered there. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus. The kings remembered this very first birthday of Jesus by bringing him gifts. This story is a story of long, long ago, but this year, and every year, we still remember Jesus' birthday by giving gifts and singing like the angels. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards all people. is a religion of light. We light the chalice. We speak of the light within each of us, the divine spark. There's an old joke about Unitarian Universalists, and you may have heard it, but as my father always said, you haven't heard it today. Someone says to a Unitarian Universalist, I hear that you deny the divinity of Jesus. And the Unitarian Universalist replies, that is simply not true. We do not deny the divinity of anybody. (laughs) We all have seasons in life. The planet does, and we do. We all have to enter a time of darkness, a time of waiting for the light to return. In these times, we hold each other's hands. We are together in community. We sing. We light candles. We offer our light to each other knowing that in time that greater light will return. Jesus prayed in solitude in the darkness of night, then came together in community with his disciples in the morning, and then went out to minister to the people in the light of the afternoon. We need that balance of darkness and light, of personal spiritual practice and ministry to the world. Over the years, I've taught my own children and others here, and starting on a second generation of children of the church, that the common thread running through the celebrations at this time of year is light. We know that many of the traditions we associate with Christmas are really much older than Christmas. The candles, the lights on the trees, the giving of gifts, the feasting, and the singing go back to ancient Yuletide celebrations in northern climates when people living in harmony with the cycles of the earth sat shivering by the firelight in the growing darkness and thought, we need a party. (laughs) Not only a party, but in the celebrating, a hopeful promise that the sun would indeed return. So it's understandable that the early Christian church placed the celebration of the birth of Jesus to coincide with these ancient practices. 
There's a little detail that adapting these practices to a new holiday was a much better way to gain converts than by, say, killing them. But there's more to it than that. Because Jesus came to be known as the light of the world, and so we mark his birth here at the darkest time of the year. And of course, Jesus said that you are the light of the world. You and you and you too, way back there. So in this time of Advent, this time of waiting, we wait for the child to be born once again in us, meditating on ways that we can be the light of the world. In the Jewish tradition, the lights of Hanukkah have come to symbolize not simply the miracle of eight days of light in a time of darkness and desolation, but as our second through fifth graders reminded us, Also, the light of freedom from religious and political oppression, which is very meaningful to us as Unitarian Universalists. And I read recently of yet another lesson to be gleaned from this celebration of light. The idea that the story of Hanukkah puts to rest the idea that there is not enough. The oil that was only supposed to burn for one day burned for eight, lighting the temple for all who entered. Where are the places in our community where we can light a light that shines for all, that says we have enough and we will share it? We are doing that today with our angel tree and our other giving efforts. How will we continue in the year to come? I read a beautiful story yesterday of people all over the country who are walking into stores and paying off holiday layaways for total strangers. People they've never seen. I thought that was one of the most beautiful things I'd ever heard of. Even in the temples of commercialism, full of loud, busy, frantic people, they have found a way to be the light of the world. In our own religious practice here in the southern United States, we may have a harder time resonating with the ancient winter celebrations rooted in bitter cold and seemingly never-ending darkness. But perhaps we are at an advantage in seeing more clearly the healing and nurturing power of the darkness itself in this time of waiting. After an extended summer of relentless light and drought from which relief has just barely come, we may see more readily than most the need for this time of drawing in, drinking in, resting, and gaining strength for the days ahead. So laugh and sing Cry in remembrance, gather with the ones you love, and look at the lights, and wait in joyful hope for the new life to be born in you, for you are the light of the world.